For those of you who have been hearing this humming, buzzing noise throughout the service, I apologize. It's my cell phone. And it's many of your cell phones as well. There's an Amber Alert that just went out in Woodbridge, Virginia. So I think this would be a great opportunity for us to take a moment and pray. God, we ask that you be with those saving children today, those who are in the midst of whatever situation is going on in Woodbridge. And God, we ask that you provide the peace that only you can provide to those, to the family, to the friends, and to the child involved. Amen. I am a cradle United Methodist. This is a confession time. In 1984, I was baptized at Faith United Methodist Church in Rockville, Virginia. And when my family moved to Frederick, our family then became members of Calvary United Methodist Church in historic Frederick, Maryland. Calvary is a Gothic-style cathedral. Think of Hogwarts in the middle of downtown Frederick. I attended preschool in the education building, which was directly behind the church until I was old enough to go to kindergarten. I experienced all of the rites of passage that children got to experience when I was there and that children are still experiencing today. I attended Sunday school in second grade with Mrs. Frank in fifth grade with Mrs. Crum and then in third grade received my third grade Bible from Reverend Manthe. And before there were yellow, blue, pink, and purple pew bags to keep children entertained during worship, we had hand-me-down coloring books and sandwich bags with holes in them with hand-me-down crayons. Every year during Advent, my family would participate in the church's Christmas pageant. And while no member of the Hardy household played a leading role such as Mary, Joseph, or even baby Jesus, my younger brother Drew did play the role of the donkey. And if you knew him, you would know how appropriate that role was for him. <laughs> I was a rare teenager in church. I voluntarily got up to attend the 8.30 service as an usher, and I was not alone. Three of us, awkward and acne-plagued teenage boys, in our ill-fitting suits with a flower pinned on the lapel, would join the ranks of the 8.30 usher team every Sunday morning. In hindsight, I don't know if I was truly called to that particular ministry, or if it was just getting first dibs on the coffee and donuts while everyone else was still in church. But I can tell you that on Sunday mornings, in between handing out bulletins and then making change in the church offering plate, that there were a group of people who helped me learn what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. 
It was on Sundays at Calvary where people like Carol Frank, Greg and Lori Shipley, Dave Herber, and Billy Stokes not only taught me what it meant to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, but they and countless others took time to get to know me and my younger siblings. And they had to truly know my brother Drew if they were going to typecast him as a donkey. The church looked out for us. They encouraged us when we needed it. And at times, Greg and Lori helped me to correct my course. Growing up in the church shaped who I am today. Jesus is pretty clear about children and the kingdom of God. This is one of those times in Jesus' ministry where it is hard, if not near impossible, for us to twist the meaning of his words. Throughout the synoptic gospels, Mark, Matthew, and Luke, Jesus mentions the importance of children no less than eight times. And our readings this this morning from Mark and Matthew force us to stop telling our kids that they are the church of the future, but instead to begin telling them that they are the church of today. Right now, the kingdom of God belongs to them. And if that makes you uncomfortable or angry and you want to send an email to Pastor Ed, just remember, I didn't say it, Jesus did. In the reading from Mark's Gospel, It seems that the disciples, Jesus' closest friends, were only concerned with their own status as they looked beyond Jesus' predicted death. Remember now, this group of people gave up everything to follow Jesus. And that was before Jesus dropped this bombshell about the kingdom of God on them. Jesus told them of betrayal that was to come from his closest friends. If the leader of this group was going to die, they, the disciples, wanted to know. They needed to know who would then take the status that Jesus held. In the reading from Matthew's Gospel, the disciples are now stern with Jesus Their sternness makes me wonder a few things. Have they really been paying attention this entire time? Do they actually know who Jesus is? And is it a good idea to become stern with God? He does not rebuke them, but instead focuses on caring for the children that were right in front of him. Not only does Jesus make it clear that the kingdom of God belongs to children... He also makes time for the children. He spends time with them. He lays hands on them, and he prays. In case we've missed what happened here, just like the first disciples did, let us refocus. Children are not marginal in the eyes of God. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, God incarnate, God in human flesh, gives time, space, and prayer to children. It was a big deal for Jesus to make these statements when he did. During the time of his ministry, children had no status within the community. 
as they are now, children were subject to the authority of their parents. But unlike now, children were viewed as property. At best, they were marginalized, and yet Jesus gave status to those unlikely to receive it. Not only does Jesus extend an invitation to children, he gives them ownership. He also places a task before his disciples. Let them come to me. Let them come to me. Children depend on us, adults, to tell them what they don't know yet. And if that were not the case, school would just be a place where parents could ditch their kids for a few hours a day. In order for children to come to Jesus, to know who Jesus is, they need to be told that Jesus loves them. For disciples of Jesus, this means that there is a new constituency that we must share the good news to. It's not optional. If the disciples were confused or irritated with Jesus before he made these statements, they certainly were after he said them. For us today, the implications from Jesus' teachings on children are huge. Yes, we need to have things like Sunday school and We Believers and Vacation Bible School. But we also need to ensure that all aspects of the life of the church are not just open to children, but that children are invited and received with joy. If a child is attending a church meeting with their parents, that child has a voice in that meeting. That committee should be excited that that child is attending. If a child attends Sunday school with her parents, that child should be welcomed and received into that class just like any other person is. Our worship needs to remain kid-friendly. If a child wants to hand out bulletins, help collect the offering, read scripture, or even stand on a pew so that she can see Dr. Shaner playing the organ, this is a community where those actions are to be encouraged. When we view children as the church of today and not as a group to pass the mantle on to, on some distant, distant day that may never come, we then open ourselves to the greater things God will do through us together. The idea of those kids over there in the preschool wing and us grown-ups here playing grown-up church, that's gone. Today, we are kicking off our annual stewardship campaign. If you're new to church or in the past have skipped these days on purpose, these three Sundays, the next three Sundays of our stewardship campaign are a time where we consider how our financial gifts to the church sustain the work that all of us, young and old, are partnering with Jesus in. When I first thought about what I would say this morning, my initial inkling was to highlight the greater things, the big things being done here at Mount Olivet. Things like the Mount Olivet Foundation that reduces the financial burden to college students and seminarians. Things like community assistance where food and medical care is provided to hundreds of families in the Arlington area every month. 
Things like mission trips to Haiti, Garrett County, or the Jeremiah Project. Or things like the Crop Walk, which by the way is celebrating its 40th anniversary in Arlington this year and 70th anniversary total. All of these greater things do great work to build the kingdom of God now, and we should be supporting them financially. But the more I thought about it, the commonality between all of those greater things, the commonality is that those ministries form disciples to be lifelong learners who influence others to serve. And because today is Children's Sabbath, I kept thinking about how just last Sunday, we as a congregation, this particular gathering at 11 o'clock, promised to surround Alana Elizabeth Cole and each other, if you missed the fine print, with a community of love and forgiveness that she, Alana, would grow in her service to others. We promised that we would pray for her, that she would become a true disciple of Jesus Christ. Just last week, you all, we as a church promised to help a child not only learn who Jesus is, but also how to follow his teachings every day throughout her life, whether she is six months old or 60 years old. That is a big deal. This line in our baptismal liturgy is one of two times in a Christian worship service where as a community we make a commitment, we make a promise to one another. The other time is during a Christian marriage service. And in the instance of an infant or child baptism, we are living into what Jesus told his disciples in both our readings today. That children are welcomed in the presence of Christ, but also that the kingdom of God is theirs. To take serious the commitment we made last week, and the commitment that you as a community have made in the weeks, months, and years gone by, we need to realize that the kingdom of God is not measured by committees, how many meetings you attend every week, or titles. Jesus flipped everything on its head by saying that not only does the kingdom of God belong to children, but in saying this, Jesus revealed to us, the grown-ups, the big people, that we must be adventurous just as children are to fully experience the kingdom of God. We are to trust in God as a child does, eager to see where God is calling us to serve in our community and around the world. On Monday, I posted a question on Facebook to some of my friends from youth group and Sunday school when I was a child. I asked them, what was your favorite memory about church growing up? And while each answer was unique, the common thread was, there was a place for me. Children need our help learning who Jesus is and how he changed the world. Each of us has a responsibility to do big things, to do great things in the lives of the children in this community and in the greater Arlington community. We need to remind them as often as we can 
that not only does Jesus love them, but that we love them as individuals and as a whole community. When they walk out of confirmation class, we need to ask them about the things they've learned about. When you see a confirmant today, I want you to ask them if the Bible is true or not, and they'll tell you. We need to talk to our kids, all of our kids, not just the ones that live under our roof, about the things they've learned in Sunday school. I don't know if you know this or not, but for the last month, our kids have been learning about 1 Samuel. This means that children, even the preacher's kid who talks during every sermon, will always be welcome in worship. If we truly believe that liturgy means the work of the people, then we need all of God's people to be a part of that work. It means that we need to continue to make space for children in the life of the church, but we also need to keep space available to them in the physical building, which is what we are looking to do next year with the expansion of the preschool wing. The kingdom of God is open to all of us now and only through the invitation of Jesus Christ. It is not our kingdom, it is Christ's, and as such, we shall not, we cannot exclude those who have been invited by Jesus. The greatness of the kingdom of God has less to do with our adult actions and more to do with Jesus' invitation to those previously excluded, marginalized, and without power. And we, as a faith community, have the privilege, the honor of being part of the work Christ is doing. But in the big things that we do along Jesus, alongside Jesus, we must remember to make space not only for children to be entertained on Sunday mornings and eat copious amounts of goldfish and pretzels, but also to be actively engaged in the work that Christ has called us to do as a community. Jesus invited the children to come to him, and he handed them the kingdom of God. But he also invites them, expects them. He wants them to join us for the entirety of a worship service, to serve the church on Sunday mornings, to serve their neighbors at mission events like community assistance, and to change the world through mission work outside the doors of this church. The good news in all of this is that Christ opened the kingdom of God to everyone, inviting all of us, even those who can barely see over the pew in front of them, to be part of the big things, the greater things that we are all invited to do as a community of disciples. Amen.